Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Product Led Podcast. I'm excited to have Tom here. He is the head of High Touch Customer Success at uh, Monday.com. How's it going, Tom? How are things with you? Good, Ramli. Good to be here. Thank you for hosting me. Things are okay and cold and snowy New York. <laughs> <laughs> Same here in Toronto, man. I can't wait for this to be all over. <laughs> Well, before we jump in, I'm, this topic is going to be really interesting. We're going to be talking about how product and customer success collaborate on Monday.com. But before we jump into that, I just like people to know you a little bit, the listeners. You said you like blues. I'm a big fan as well. I got into guitar playing with uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And yeah, so that's my jump. So I'm curious, uh, what's your go-to blues musician? And are you just a fan or do you actually play blues as well? Yeah, so I don't play blues. I started to pick up the trumpet a few years ago. And uh, since moving to New York from Israel, I I need to get back into playing. But New York is uh, all the apartments, you know, it's so tight, it's <laughs> close together. Well, my new neighbors, you hate me. Anyways, it's it's a tough question. I would go for, uh, here, I'm wearing a Jimi Hendrix uh, yeah. t-shirt right now. So Jimi is the best. And Albert King, I guess, uh, yeah. I'm also a big fan of him. So yeah, right. definitely. Cool, man. Jimi Hendrix. Who can You can't go wrong with that, man. Like really, Purple Haze and the other sounds that he has. That's cool. Let's let's talk about uh, the topic then. Maybe before we get into it, I get a lot of ads from Monday.com on YouTube because I watch a lot of YouTube. But for, for people who might be hiding under a rock or not anywhere, like you haven't seen it about Monday.com, but can you share a little bit about what that is and who your main customers are? Yeah, sure. So uh, Monday.com is a, a software company out of Israel, but we're definitely global nowadays. The company was founded in 2014 and we essentially coined the term and we're leading the category of work operating systems. So it's essentially a tool that helps teams of any size manage processes, workflows with integrating with, I would say, dozens of tools now that you can integrate with and input information seamlessly from other tools into the processes that you've mapped out on monday.com and automate any manual activities in the way. So literally teams of any size, anywhere from two people working together to thousands of people working together can use Monday to power their operation. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I want to jump into the topic that you presented in the Product Cloud Summit. You were talking about how why it's so important for customer success and product to work closely together. Now, for a lot of the product-led podcast listeners, majority of them are working in product. But on your side, like why is it so important for those two teams to be working so closely together? Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. Honestly, the goal, and especially if you're a product-led company, your goal is to create the best product for your customers. And CS is sitting on such a wealth of knowledge mm. that can literally immensely improve your product. So if you're a product-led company and you have people speaking with customers, and I can honestly say that for sales and CS and customer support and customer experience, however you call your client-facing teams, they have the power to immensely impact and influence the product for the better of your customers. So this is really why. I love how you, you say like, this is like, it's so obvious. Like it's, they have powerful information that can really make your product better. With that in mind, often that's not the case. <laughs> so often CS and product don't. I remember you showing a picture in that presentation where like, it looks like there were some kind of argument going on when uh, in one of the sessions that CS and product were together. 
what are some reasons why product and customer success might not work together in companies that when they should be? Yeah, I guess, again, being very straightforward right from the get-go, it's all about alignment. CS needs to focus on CS management, and that in many ways goes well beyond the scope of the product itself, creating relationships and being very focused on revenue and, yes, platform adoption as well, contextualizing ROI for our customers. And there's a lot more that is beyond the product itself. And product management, well, they need to focus on the product itself making it the best possible product. And there's areas where they do not overlap. I definitely argue that there is more areas where the two overlap than one would think. But these functions, they're separate and they're separate for a good reason. You need to be mindful of the distance that you create between the two, because this is exactly what we're talking about. How can these two organizations can work better together? CSM's KPIs are usually way different than the product KPIs. And that just doesn't create a natural inclination, I guess, to work closely together. And another reason is that oftentimes lack of transparency about anywhere from you know product releases and the direction that the company or the product is going out causes a lot of friction and sometimes even resentment from CS team towards the product. It's that feeling of I'm not being heard or the product team doesn't take the suggestions that I'm making to improve the product. And that feeling can create that distance between mm. the teams. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that's already leading to, you shared three principles to really make sure that product and CS are closely working together. And the first one you mentioned just now is about KPI. What was the KPI that you ended up like landing on that both CS and product team prioritize? And you know, how did you get there? Was it like obviously clear or like there was a journey that you kind of had to struggle as a team together to figure out like this is the one we need to, this is the North Star for, for both of us? Yeah, it's definitely the, a journey. It wasn't uh, straight up and clear uh, from the get-go. It really, are our two co-founders kind of led this process where we really believe that KPIs are the drivers of people's behaviors and at scale, KPIs is an amazing managerial tool to help shape the behaviors and the decisions that people will make on a day-to-day. And we want everybody to be autonomous. And so... Mm. If we are clear on what is the, the best KPI for a specific group and for the company as a whole, we can kind of rest assured as managers that people will make the right decision to optimize for these KPIs. So on a high level, we really looked for even, a, I would say, a company level KPI that across all the domains will be that, that gold standard for what is impact for customer success, what is impact for marketing, what is impact for product and R&D and, and basically everybody. And so... We thought about what drives value for our customers. How can we know that we're delivering some sort of value for our end users? And how does that value piece correlate with our goal as a company? And what we landed as was, and this evolved over time. So the, the first thing we landed on was weekly active usage. So we saw a clear correlation between our customers deriving value from our product if they're using it at least on a weekly level. And now we've even expanded it to monthly usage of Monday. And so this was really kind of the, the first piece and that KPI that tied CS and, and product together, the weekly active paying customers that are using Monday. Really fascinating. And when you say active, is it when they log in or is it a specific like action, product action that they have to take to say, hey, they're actually active. They didn't just log in and just like yeah. look around. 
It's definitely, it's more than, than logging in. It's a set of um, events and, and actions that a user will take in the system to be counted as active. But actually, you bring a point that is, in a sense, just being active is not enough for a lot of things, mm. right? We realized in the process that there's a lot of sub-KPIs that drive that weekly active user metric. Things like how many integration a customer has, how many... Right. Is the customer using, for example, for monday.com, are you using it for project management only or are you using it for your as your CRM and are you using it for collaboration on top of task management and project management? So there's a lot of other sub-KPIs that we discovered that have a very high correlation that are basically proxy of that weekly active usage. And these submetrics can be used by different departments. And so if a group of product uh, managers are working on an area in the product, we mentioned collaboration. So what is a good metric specifically for them if we're focusing on collaboration? What is a metric that they can focus on that actually drives that WAP? And when you see that causation between these submetrics, it's very easy to take this big kind of KPI, this big North Star, and figure out what are some submetrics that actually are aligned with my mission as the, let's say if I'm in CS or if I'm in a specific product group and see how if I improve this thing, this submetric that is uh, directly correlated with my mission statement of whatever it is that I'm trying to do, this impacts the weekly active usage. And so can I have this cascading set of KPIs that contribute to something that we all agree upon as our North Star? It makes a lot of sense. And that kind of leads to what you talked about, transparency. Often, like, you know, you were talking about product doing this way to experiment to increase their weekly active users. How do you make sure that that knowledge is shared with other teams? Like, what are some things that Monday.com has done to make sure that the culture of transparency is propagated and it's not just like all the knowledge and information is just siloed into the different functions? Yeah, so I think it's a combination of, I would say, two or maybe three things. So one is a matter of methodology. And you want to make sure that everything that you do, you explain the why behind it and sharing why we've gone to a specific uh, direction. And then we, we go down to the how you actually describe the information. Right now, Monday has about 800 employees worldwide. Wow. And we <laughs> want everybody to know why we have changed this button from going from a, being a blue button to an orange button or any even the, the smallest increment. So we use our own platform to kind of broadcast the information and say, not only this button has been turned from blue to orange now, the person that developed the feature kind of has the ownership in writing a, a detailed post within our own monday.com platform saying, here is what we set out to do. This is what we end up uh, landing on. We've turned this button to be the orange color. And, and here are some data and information around why we made this decision. So it's clear to everybody why a certain decision was made. And so I think explaining why specific decisions were made and then finding a clear, repeatable system of broadcasting this information across a global organization. And we use our own tool, but you can literally use Slack or any other collaboration tool that you have. Or if you're a small startup working in an office together, just kind of build that into your routine and your ceremonies that you we're having and about explaining every little thing, every little feature, why back it up with data and, and make sure that everybody has access to uh, this information and that is documented. So like I mentioned, the, the platform. Yeah. 
I really love that. I think that's one challenge a big organization like Monday.com and even other organizations uh, might face is like that that sharing. And I love that you guys are eating or somebody told this to me recently. You're drinking your own champagne, right? You're yeah. you're using <laughs> your own product to to propagate this learning. I really, really love that. I want to move on to the other principle that, that you talked about in that presentation about working more closely together on a day-to-day basis. What are other ways that other systems or processes you've put into that people at Monday.com have put into place to make sure that the collaboration across the teams happens and is encouraged? Yeah. So I think encouraging collaboration and being very deliberate about it is extremely important. I think you would find that people care personally a lot about each other and they make relationships and this is great, but you need to create the framework and the infrastructure to get these people to collaborate. So I'll share some strategies of what we've done here at monday.com and our products is basically divided into different, we call them domains. It's it's a group of a product manager leading a group of designers and developers around a specific mission statement, a specific area in the product. We can say it this way. And this group is iterating on a set of features all the time. What we've done internally is also to include within that group a person that came from customer success. And they have their day job. And a part of their day job is dedicated to working with that group of product managers, designers, and then developers that are working on a set features. What this enabled us to do is that this person is responsible for two things. One, bring information from customers into that domain so that they have a clear understanding of the voice of the customer. And on the other way around, becoming a subject matter expert in this specific domain and enabling everybody that is client-facing around the area of the product. So this way, both kind of the client-facing teams benefit by getting and receiving this subject matter expert. And then the R&D folks are way closer to the voice of the customer. It's an expensive uh, investment, I would say, to dedicate so much time of individuals that were maybe are supposed to answer support tickets or supposed to interact with your largest customers. But I 100% say that it's worth it. Maybe it's just anecdotal, but like you said, it's worth it. What are some of the benefits you've seen, like uh, in terms of, you know, better products or better adoption? Like, what are some of the effects you've seen of this way or system of doing uh, building things? Yeah, so I think it's uh, number one. I'm trying to think of really hardcore metrics. So the first thing that we are seeing and we're measuring is a decrease in support tickets around a specific mm. area. And so if we know that this specific feature has either poor quality, so we're seeing a lot of bugs, or users do not understand it. There's an issue with discoverability, or there's an issue with a lot of feature requests that are coming up. So these folks are analyzing every support ticket, and we tag every customer support ticket that we receive with uh, the area of the product and the nature of the question. So there's a lot of data that these folks have at their disposal. And basically what they're doing is measuring, putting an an emphasis and and a focus with the R&D on a specific area. So an example can be a a specific feature at monday.com. And so if we are to iterate and try to improve that specific feature, and this can be improving its discoverability, the bugs that we're seeing recurring, or maybe a set of feature requests, and then measuring the decrease that we're seeing in that area in terms of support tickets. So that's big. And this is is like the impact that this has on the scalability of your business is huge. Actually seeing those customer support tickets decrease and minimize to zero, it's incredible. And when you think about that investment, this person that just uh, can answer you know, an X amount of support tickets a day, 
what was that impact on a granular level of making thousands of support tickets a month disappear because we were able to eliminate specific issues? It's a no-brainer. I can speak to other important issues. I think that one is the CS organization feeling heard and feeling that there's mm, somebody there wow. to make sure that they are prioritizing appropriately the issues. I think that that's a big thing that goes along with creating the trust between product and CS. And so having that kind of ambassador within each domain is key. And I can say that another thing is that we also have a sales member actually work together with product on something that is beyond increasing weekly active users, another kind of voice that always needs to be heard. And sometimes it's prioritized over your existing customers is new deals that you have in the pipeline, right? How many companies have, you know, if we were just to close this specific feature, we'll be able to close this customer for this amount of money. And you want to give, it's an important voice for the sales team to have in terms of closing new revenue. It's super important for a success of a business. So definitely, this is another kind of success that we have. We are measuring the amount of revenue that different product increments are affecting in existing customers upgrading, preventing customers from churning. So CSMs are able to say, we're going to lose X amount of revenue if we're not delivering this feature. And somebody's actually hearing them. And so this is, uh, we're tracking the amount of revenue impact that the voice of the customer has on our company, which is big. Yeah. Those are... Just mind-blowing. <laughs> Even just the first one, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's the, the difference between proactive versus reactive support. Now, instead of like reacting to people just having problems with something, now you're like squashing the root cause before it even comes up. Really love that. I'm going to start wrapping up and just ask you, you know, a lot of our listeners are from product. If you can give one or two pieces of advice, it could be anything that we talked about or anything that we haven't talked about yet about making sure to loop either customer success or other teams. And what would be your advice to product-led leaders and growth folks? Yeah, I would say, and I'm coming from the customer success and, and sales kind of perspective here, uh, talking about product-led growth and so on. I think the one of the most important things is to have a very open conversation around priorities. What is important now? What is important later? The people that are sitting, the CS folks or sales, whoever that is talking to your customer is definitely sitting on a wealth of knowledge. And the amount of feature requests and amount of feedback that you are getting can definitely be overwhelming and hard to digest. And you cannot do everything in a given week or a sprint, uh, cannot solve all of this. And so being very clear and transparent and honest about what is your current priority as a business so that the folks that are sitting on all of this important uh, voice of the customer uh, kind of treasure can deliver things that are important for the current priority of the business and make an impact this way. It's completely fine to say that this area of the product is not getting focused and we know that we're going to receive a lot of bug re reports on it and we know that we're going to receive a lot of support tickets on it. We're doing that because we're prioritizing something else and here is why. And now, if you can, please give us a lot of information about this area that we're prioritizing. And the information will come because there's feedback about everything. And so this is a great way of partnering where we state our priorities, we explain why, and then we broadcast that to all of the client-facing teams so that they can contribute to what matters. And I think this helps you avoid kind of that frustration of the, the client-facing side not feeling heard because the client-facing side understand that those priorities and it's definitely being heard on anything that goes and that goes together with these top priorities. And this creates a more healthy collaboration. 
I love that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Just making sure that they pull people in. But one final thing, you know, we also have people in customer success within product-led organizations listening to this podcast. What would be your advice to them now about maybe they're not feeling heard by product? They're suggesting some stuff and they're not like getting any traction around it. I know you mentioned that was a scenario that you felt in your presentation that happened where like, this is something that I want to do, but you weren't feeling heard. What would be your advice to uh, people in customer success around, you know, making sure, you know, making sure that they get their voices heard by others in the organization? Yeah, it's definitely a tough challenge. And I think that the, the alignment around the KPI made a big difference, but it takes time to get there. And so I think that going to product and asking them what will be the most beneficial for you? What is the type of data that will get you to work with me? And I will go and I will get you this data because it's fairly easy to get it. But how do you want to consume the data? Do you want to see a report that shows this and that? What is missing? Instead of doing what you think is the right way and and how product would like to view the feedback, ask them, How do they want to consume the information? What is helpful and what is not? And work together to kind of help you make your voice feel heard. So instead of guessing and assuming what is the right way about going things, and it can be, you know, I can give tons of examples where I came up with charts and graphs that I thought were incredibly impactful. And after, you know, our, our head of product would ask me two questions and I would sit there with a blank face, not knowing the answer for them. And I honestly felt stupid. Why didn't I ask this person before I went into my research, what do you actually want to see? What is interesting for you? And so I think, again, understanding how the other side want to consume the information and what is important for them and having this conversation before crusading and then going on a crusade about anything can go a long way into making your voice feel heard. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those pieces of advice. And one final question, where can people find out more about you? Like what would be your, I guess, call to action? Do you want them to add you on LinkedIn if they have any more questions? And also for people who might be interested in signing up for monday.com, I guess they can just go to monday.com, right? (laughs) Exactly. So it's pretty straightforward. If you're interested in checking out monday.com, you can sign up for a free trial at monday.com. It's a 14 days free trial. I'm an awesome product. Uh, I guess I'm a bit biased. And if you want to connect with me, so feel free to add me on LinkedIn, uh, send me a note over LinkedIn, and I'm sharing some uh, thought leadership uh, materials over there and everything that has to do with monday.com and CS and CS alignment with product as well. More than happy to connect over LinkedIn. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Tom. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Ramli, for having me. This was an awesome conversation.